Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is You Do What? Now, it's a podcast that takes a look at more non-traditional jobs and careers. And for many individuals, it's simply taking their unique skills or passion and turning it into their profession. Now, on this episode of You Do What? I'm an illusionist. And to get the inside scoop on the modern day magic men and women, we've enlisted Adam Trent, also known as the Futurist, as he is a member of the Illusionists, a group of seven of the most talented illusionists from around the world performing together on the big stage. Adam and the rest of the crew will actually be performing on Broadway November 26th to January 4th in the Illusionists Witness the Impossible. And we're happy to have Adam on the show today. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. And uh, I wanted to get your take right off the bat. Uh, Illusionist, magician, prestidigitator, I've seen as as a way to describe you guys. How would you define, though, the craft? How would you define the role of a magician or illusionist? Because it seems like you have a, a slightly different view than a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that being an illusionist, uh, like being a musician or a comedian or an actor or anyone, I think that you're an entertainer first. And that magic uh, or, you know, illusion or, or whatever you want to call it, to me, it really makes no difference. It's just the vehicle that you use to entertain with. So, um, you know, I think above all else, I think magic needs to be entertaining. And I think that as a magician or illusionist, uh, that's what you are first is you're an entertainer. And that just happens to be what you do. Sure. So what was it then that really attracted you to the industry or thinking about this as a career? I mean, is this something you always wanted to do, thought you would do? Kind of take us back to the, the early start of, of your uh, thought process there. Yeah, yeah. In the very, very beginning, I was eight or nine years old and I saw David Copperfield perform ah. in Colorado where I grew up. I don't really remember the, the, the magic necessarily. I just remember everyone having fun. I remember my, uh, my dad laughing, I remember my mom laughing, my sisters were laughing, my grandma was laughing. Everyone was just having fun together. And I went home later that day and I, I don't think, I think I was actually too young to really understand exactly what a magician was. Mm-hmm. All I remember was, uh, uh, was that the crowd was just having fun. And so I went home and I remember kind of like just like rehearsing like little, little one-line jokes in front of the mirror. And so that was kind of the beginning of it. And then I think my parents saw that, you know, I had an interest in, you know, watching David Copperfield specials over and over. And then I got a book on magic the next year for my birthday from my aunt. And that was kind of the start of it all. So that gave me the, the tools I needed and kind of the information I needed to start learning magic. And from there, uh, you know, I just started doing little card tricks. It was, it was like a lot of kids, you know, a lot of kids go to magic set when they're very young, but I think a lot of them grow out of it, whereas I never really grew out of it. I started doing <laughs> children's birthday parties when I was 10 and 11 years old. Uh, at this point, you know, I, I didn't really, I think at that age, you're, you're too young to really know what a career is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't even really think about like, well, what am I going to do when I get older? You just kind of start doing what you want to do. Right. And for me, that was magic. And, and, and it was, you know, birthday parties. And there was always someone that I looked up to, you know, uh, no matter what. And even now, it's like, no matter what level of career I'm at, there's always someone you look above you and you go, oh, wow, well, that'd be great if I could do those type of shows. Hmm. So when I was 10 years old, you know, it was just these local guys in the phone book where I was like, wow, that guy's got a big ad in the phone book for doing birthday parties. <laughs> that, boy, that must be great. And I was like, well, you know, okay, how can I get a bigger ad in the phone book then? And then once I started doing birthday parties, it was like, oh, man, well, this guy does like, you know, convention shows. And I'm like, I want to do convention shows. And, and you know, so it just kind of kept going and kept going. And uh, I started doing corporate events and I, I, I did it all the way through uh, middle school and high school, I, I kind of just, you know, the, the shows just gradually got bigger. As far as doing it as a career goes, um, I went to college and I, I have a degree in finance and marketing. So I have a very traditional degree, I guess you'd say, right. even though it's business related. And um, even when I was going to college, I, I kind of just knew that I was going to end up doing entertainment. I dabbled in acting, I dabbled in comedy and, and, and all this stuff. And, you know, I wasn't, I, I guess I, I was open to the idea of working in different fields of entertainment, but 
you know, I think that that, that magic is uh, obviously the best niche for me. It's just what I'm strong at. It was my first and strongest passion. And so after college, I, I started performing on cruise ships, and that was kind of my first real, I guess you call it, professional break, where you know I was able to support myself full time with it and and put away money and, and make and make decent money with it. So I did cruise ships for a few years, and then you know kind of moved on to college shows and moved on to corporate shows and. Um, you know, move, I moved on to theater shows, and then, you know, where I'm at now is uh, I am part of the uh, Broadway show The Illusionist, which is a lot of fun, uh, but I also do a lot of solo theater shows on my own as well. So it's kind of, so my time is split a few different ways between being part of the Broadway touring show and, sure. and doing my own projects. Well, I think it's always cool to hear stories of people who really did pick something up as a kid and really loved it and, you know, took that all the way into their into their professional career. So I think uh, I think listeners always appreciate hearing those stories. Was there ever a point where people around you at all thought, hey, you know, you might want to look into something else, or do you really think you can do this as a career, uh, or did you feel like you had a lot of support from from people around you? Because it, it is, you know, even if you're just looking at entertainment, it's a tough tough area to crack into, and in some cases, non-traditional, as we talked about. Absolutely. You know, I think that obviously, like, uh, you know, friends and family, and I could just kind of feel this, it was support, you know, like, masked by skepticism, uh, I think. <laughs> Growing up, and, and like even you know going to college, you know uh, my parents, I think were you know yeah you know you can study theater if you want, but also get a business degree. And, right. You know it was it was it was it was, it was kind of like push and suggestion, and you know my parents have been extremely supportive my whole life with it. You know uh, uh, whether it be driving me to all the birthday party shows when I was ten years old, or you know letting me take off school here and there when I was in high school to go do these other shows, and you know you could not find more supportive parents than mine. But that being said, you know I think that that, that just because of I think they, they knew how tough entertainment was, but, but they, that they were like, you know, listen, you know, you want to be thinking, you know, like, wh- like, what if, what if, you know, have a backup plan, have a degree, have a degree. And I think it was my mom always joking, you know, you can do whatever you want after you get a uh, doctorate degree. <laughs> I didn't get a doctorate, but, but I think that, you know, the fact that I was going to college and getting a regular degree, I think that they kind of just knew I'd figured it out. Sure. I think it's scary for anyone when, when, when someone they, 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 they love, whether it be a kid or just a friend or anyone they want, you know, anyone they love uh, wants to go into a really risky field. I think that you're naturally, you know, uh, cautious, and, and, and your cautiousness kind of rubs off on them, and it can come off as as being negative or whatnot. But you know, I think that that, that for me, I just kind of always knew it would happen. Uh, I didn't really ever doubt that it wouldn't for a minute. I mean, when I first graduated college, I, I didn't really have any income, and there was there was a period of several months where I was like, all right, you know, is this going to work or not? And um, I actually went out and performed on the street. You know, I, I was a busker. I, I went out and street performed. And I was, you know, going to restaurants and seeing if I could do card tricks at the restaurants. Or, you know, it was it was rough. And uh, and, and uh, but even then, like I look back on it, and at the time, I didn't think I, I don't think I realized just how bad it was. I was very <laughs> optimistic about it all then. Uh, and and even like you know, like my friends tell me they're like, man, like we remember you cold calling restaurants like asking if you can come in and do card tricks for people while they wait for a table for free just to try to get tips or whatnot. And, and they were like, and, and it was just like heartbreaking for us to watch that. And for me, I, I, I didn't really think that at the time. I was thinking like, wow, this is great. Like, yeah, like there's so many restaurants in Los Angeles. This would be, you know, this would be great. Like, right. I'm the perfect do this. So, you know, I, I guess being naive helped me a bit, I guess, in terms of my morale. And I just kind of always knew what happened. I guess it's always the best way to describe it. <laughs> Well, now, obviously, uh, you've carved out quite a career for yourself, as you mentioned, um, doing things on your own as well as a part of The Illusionist. Now, what is your niche? What is your go-to? How would you describe your performance that would separate yourself from anyone else out there? I guess two things. Uh, I guess number one is that you know, I try to pride myself in being very versatile. So within my show, you know, 
uh, you're seeing a lot of different entertainment elements all kind of combined together. There's a lot of music, there's a lot of dance, there's a lot of, uh, I've even got some original songs in the show, but it's woven throughout the entire show with comedy. So, you know, I think that there's, you know, a lot of comedy magicians, there's a lot of magicians that do comedy, there's some magicians that do music, but I think there's very few guys who, who really do all of them uh, well, at least. You know, I think that, that with my show, you kind of get a, a good sampling of different kinds of entertainment. You know, I, I guess the goal of it all is that it's kind of a, a magic show for people who don't normally like magic shows. Mm-hmm. Within the Illusionist show, uh, my, my nickname is The Futurist. I try to present magic in a way that, that, that you know, we think it'll be seen in the future. So it's, you know, a lot of it is, is, is very dependent on technology. I do things with giant LED screens where I jump in and out of the screens. I teleport across screens. I do things with 3D glasses where the whole audience wears 3D glasses and, and, and they see live 3D projection. Using a lot of bits of technology and bits of, of staging that, that haven't necessarily been used in magic shows before. It's obviously been seen in, in big concerts. You know, you, you, if you go to concerts, you see these giant LED walls and sure. using hologram effects. But you don't really see that in magic shows. You know, I think magicians have, have stuck to the, the standard props for a while. And, and one of the things I try to do within that show is to kind of explore these, these other items uh, that haven't been seen before. Now, that begs the question, and obviously for anybody who's a fan of magicians, illusionists, where do you get ideas from? Now, you're talking about a lot of, you know, adding in the technological side so that that brings that extra element to it. But where do you come up with these ideas? How do you get that creative kind of creative mind flowing when it comes to looking for something to do? Uh, it's usually from other other forms of entertainment. Uh, I go to a lot of concerts and, and that was, you know, where the whole idea for the LED wall mm-hmm. came from was, you know, uh, you go to these concerts and you see all these amazing effects that, you know, are, are extremely entertaining, but they're not necessarily magic. You know, there's all sorts of effects at, at concerts that make you go for a second like, oh, that was, oh, that was interesting. Oh, wow, that was neat. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, you know, it looks like that and say, okay, well, what if we took that same, like, nice effect that I know is good already, but applied it towards magic? Uh, like, what would the effects be? Well, you know, would it be cloning myself on, on, on the LED walls? Would it be teleporting? You know, uh, what would happen if I, if I stepped into the video walls and, and became digitized? You know, it's kind of just like, how can you uh, apply these great entertaining effects towards magic? I do an effect with, uh, with, with, a, with a GoPro camera where I, I essentially wear a, I, I put a GoPro helmet on, uh, a little crash helmet that has a GoPro mounted on the front of it, and I let the audience see exactly what it's like from my perspective to do magic for the audience. And nice. so it's projected on, on a giant screen above me. So that was, you know, something that literally started off with, you see all these videos on, you know, on YouTube of yeah. these people doing interesting things wearing GoPros and, and they're jumping off cliffs and they're, you know, skydiving and they're doing all sorts of, you know, sw- swimming with sharks, whatever it is, all these interesting little things. Uh, and, you know, part of the cool thing about GoPros is that you can see all these extreme activities through the eye of the extreme person. So why not wear one for a magician and wear it out on stage and do a trick and let them see what the trick looks like from your angle. So it's just kind of, you know, taking neat things that are out there and just applying them towards magic. With that in mind, obviously, uh, aside from the magic, you talked about being just an entertainer overall. If people listening have that thought of going into this business in some way, shape, or form, what would you tell them are the most important skills and personality traits that they would need to succeed in this business? Yeah, I, I guess it'd be the same thing as anything else, really. I mean, I, uh, whenever I meet someone who, who's had a lot of success in any field, whether it be, you know, like people at corporate events who, who, who are CEOs of company and whatnot, or people who have really, you know, in my eyes, made it. Uh, I always ask them, you know, like, what would you tell the the 28-year-old version of yourself, the 29-year-old version of yourself mm-hmm. uh, that you wish you would have heard? And they all kind of say the same thing, no matter what the industry is. And I guess, you know, for me, it'd be the same thing. And, and they always say just, you know, the one word is relentless and, you know, be relentless with it. And I, I think that's 
you know, applicable across everything, uh, especially entertainment, uh, because you get so much rejection in, in, in entertainment, so competitive, and there's so many, you know, dead ends that you that you wind up on. And, you know, I guess also because there's no real set path. You know, if you want to make it to CEO of a company, you can at least kind of see the guidelines of how most of the other CEOs have made it. You know, sure. they started off in the mailroom, they, they worked their way up, they did five years at, at this position, five years at that position, and there's kind of somewhat of a guideline. In entertainment, there's not. You get majority of people who work for years and years and years and never see any success when you get these, you know, overnight success stories that you always hear about because they're so fun to hear about where, you know, the guy rolls into town and goes to his first audition and books the lead role in the movie and, you know, oh, the movie's a huge hit and now he's, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. And those stories are always so haunting, I think, to to people because it, it makes you feel like you're just beating your head against the wall for no reason. But I think that, you know, for every one of those stories, obviously, that, you know, you need to build a career that, that has longevity and I guess, you know, within entertainment, I kind of view, like, my career, at least, as, like, a stool. And every single uh, leg on the stool is a different market within entertainment. So, uh, obviously, the more legs you have, if one of those legs gets knocked out, you'll still be supported. There was a time where there was a change in the entertainment director and, and all this stuff, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be cleared out with the, rest of the, uh, with the rest of the stock and if I was going to have to go back and get an accounting job. And that was kind of when I realized, like, wow, like, if this one leg gets knocked out, I'm, I'm done. So at that point, I added, you know, I started doing college shows. And at that point, I had two markets then. And then, you know, then I started doing corporate shows. And now I had three markets. And, you know, so now it's to the point where, you know, I kind of have my hand in all these different markets to where, you know, if, if the whole cruise industry goes down tomorrow, fine, no problem. It, you know, if, if college shows stop hiring entertainment, fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. Corporate shows, you know, if, if the, the economy crashes again and they, they all stop having entertainment, fine. You know, it's, it, it's kind of just building up all these different markets uh, because you don't want to be taken, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, industries change and obviously people will always need entertainment, but the budgets won't always be the same. So I think that building up a, a kind of a stockpile of different markets that you can go to will allow you to weather the storms as they come. Well, I think that's a, a very good piece of advice. Uh, as you said, across all industries, it, that can work and just having that, that mentality, that perspective, I, I appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. I did want to ask you, as far as what you're doing now, what do you love most about it? What really drives you to continue to, to push forward with everything you're doing and, and continue to entertain as you have been? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that uh, I really can't even imagine myself doing anything else. Like, I kind of forget that, that most of the world has you know, regular jobs uh, and, and that a lot of people do jobs that they don't like because you know, not every day is, is a complete walk in the park and there are days that are long, crazy hours, and there's, you know, ridiculous situations, and, 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 you know, sometimes you go, oh, my God, this industry is just nuts. But at the end of the day, like, I, I, I kind of need to remind myself, like, oh, my God, I'm getting paid to do this, and, and the fact of the matter is that even if I did, if I had a different job, I would still want to spend this much time here in the theater and, and doing these things, and, mm-hmm. and I would do all this for free. And at the end of the day, I, I would do it all for free, because for years, I did do it for, for, for essentially free. And so it's just kind of a gift that I get to get paid for it now. It's doing something you love it, and it's you know it's waking up every morning, and you know like I've woken up every single morning in, in essentially a cold sweat since, I, since the time I was ten years old about oh god how can I get this going like how how can I all right you know uh, what's next what's the next you know uh, opening what's the what's the next opportunity you know what's the next door that's open that I haven't seen that I have to walk through yet and I think that that's just kind of in my nature that I'd be doing that whether this was a career or not so I might as well make it a career uh, in other words if, if I'm gonna stress this much over it it's gonna occupy this much of my brain, why would I not do it full time? Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I love. It's, 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 you know, I think that Joan Rivers said something, you know, I was watching videos after the recent news of her and, 
And there was some interviewers. She said, you know, that, that when you do something like this, it's a calling, and it, it's more than just a job. If you want to find a job, there's millions of things you can do. But if there's something like this that you love so much, it's a calling. And I, I do think that I found my calling with this. And uh, you know, for that reason, I'm gonna keep doing it until I until it's no longer the most fun thing I can imagine doing. So it sounds really cliche to say, do what you love and love what you do, but I, I think that's really the best way to say it. Well, unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap up this edition of You Do What. But uh, Adam, again, we appreciate you coming on, talking about this career, a little bit of a, a non-traditional viewpoint. But uh, but I also think, as you brought up, kind of the, the passionate side of it and, and doing what you love. I think a lot of people can relate to that. So thanks for coming on and sharing some of the inside scoop on being an illusionist. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully people can make it out to uh, see the show. Uh, they can find me at adamtrent.com uh, or on the illusionist tour. We're going all across the U.S. So, uh, yeah, please reach out, shoot me an email, say hello, and uh, look forward to seeing you all at a show someday. All right, perfect. Again, that is Adam Trent. As he mentioned, you can find him on his website. You can also find him as part of The Illusionists. He is the futurist, and uh, The Illusionists as a whole will be performing on Broadway November 26th through January 4th. And that will do it for our show here today. If you want to get in touch with us, have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.